You are listening to the podcast of the Council on Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. CBMW exists to promote the Bible's teaching on men, women, and marriage. Learn more at cbmw.org. The Nashville Statement is a confessional document released by CBMW in 2017. Since its release, the Nashville Statement has been signed by over 25,000 evangelical pastors, scholars, and leaders, as well as adopted and affirmed by evangelical churches and institutions across the world. In this podcast series, we are walking through each of the 14 articles of the Nashville Statement as we discuss the statement's biblical basis and ethical implications with Denny Burke, president of CBMW and one of the principal authors of the statement. Today, we are tackling Article 13. I'm Colin Smothers, executive director of CBMW. And I'm Denny Burke. I'm the president of CBMW. Here is what the text of Article 13 says in the Nashville Statement. We affirm that the grace of God in Christ enables sinners to forsake transgender self-conceptions and by divine forbearance to accept the God-ordained link between one's biological sex and one's self-conception as male or female. We deny that the grace of God in Christ sanctions self-conceptions that are at odds with God's revealed will. Denny, what are we getting at in Article 13? We're really trying to address people who think of themselves as transgender. How does the grace of God uh, work in their lives? And if you're listening to a lot of the ideologues today who are you know, affirming of transgender identities, what they'll say is that, look, these are entrenched identities, and whatever a person thinks about themselves is what the rest of us should regard as true and right and as good. Now, some of them will say that a person's self-conception as a transgender is something that's uh, permanent, it can't be changed. Uh, there are others who say it's fluid, but there there are some people who say w- whatever a person says, that's what it is, and you shouldn't try to change it. Or e- even if even if in their own experience it were gonna it, it it's it turns out to be temporary, you shouldn't try to change it um, because they're whatever they feel about themselves is what's true about themselves, even if that's changing over time. And so the the way that we're sort of exhorted to think about this issue from, you know, secular authorities is that these self-proclaimed identities are inviolable, um, they're right, and they, they just must be affirmed no matter what. When really the Christian gospel says something totally different, um, and it doesn't just say something different to transgender people, it says something different to every person who's a sinner in the world. Um, the gospel says that not everything that you think about yourself is correct. Um, in, in fact, a lot of the times, uh, a lot of times, the things that we think about ourselves are, can be quite mistaken, can be sadly and tragically mistaken. That's right. And so the gospel is coming to shed light on us to tell us who we really are, so that we can see who God really is, and so that we can be reconciled to Him through through Christ. So you know, the, the article says. You know, we affirm that the grace of God in Christ enables sinners to forsake transgender self-conceptions. That right there is just um, totally contradictory to the spirit of the age, because they would say that you should never encourage some someone to forsake a transgender identity. You never would, would want to do that. That would be harmful and hateful to do something like that. Whereas the gospel says the opposite. <laughs> um, it it to encourage someone to do that would be um, encouraging them towards their good and flourishing. Now, this is going on beyond that to say that the grace of God enables sinners 
to do that so that they can forsake transgender self-conceptions and accept the God-ordained link between one's biological sex and one's self-conception as male and female. So, you know, when it, when it comes to the transgender question, the, the key thing that's going on there is that people think something about themselves, their self-conception, is at odds with what God has revealed through their body. Um, if you're if you believe in the Bible, if you believe what Christianity teaches, and really if you believe what everybody on the face of the planet has believed for most of human history, you understand that the body's organization for reproduction is what reveals a person's maleness or femaleness. And that that's a given. That's not something that is like silly putty that you can shape into whatever you want it to be. It's just a given. And it doesn't matter how many surgeries or pronouns, or whatever that you take on to change that, your body will always be organized either as male or, or female. What's going on with transgender folks is that they don't feel themselves to be what their body is revealing. And so they feel a tension there. Now, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that, okay, that, that experience isn't real, that some people don't feel alienated from their bodies in profound ways, ways that profoundly affect them. I'm, we live in a fallen world, and there's nothing that surprises me about the brokenness of the human condition. So we don't deny that that sense of brokenness can exist in fallen people. Um, our question is, is what are we supposed to do with that? Mm-hmm. Well, the gospel tells us that there is a God-ordained link between what you think about yourself and what's revealed in your body. You ought to be thinking about yourself what's true and what's in keeping with what God has revealed through your body. And that's where the, the transgender um, uh, the, the transgender experience just totally departs from, from what the Bible says. You know, one of the ways that I've seen this conversation play out, um, I've seen an inherent contradiction in the acronym that goes by or that a lot of these things, you know, go under LGBT, you know, with the, the sexuality piece, homosexuality, um, the conversation tends to be that, you know, people are born this way and therefore there's sort of this immutable sexual orientation that, you know, they are accepting and they're living by. Whereas with the transgender experience, it seems like the slogan more is born the wrong way. Um, and instead it seems like what the Bible offers here. And what we're trying to point to in the Nashville Statement is, no, there's something true and good revealed in our design, the way that our our bodies are structured, not only for our sexuality, but for our self-concept, for our identity. Yeah, and it's not unprecedented in the world that people would take something that's good and revealed by God and then break it, okay? And then that there would somehow sin would uh, come in and... Uh, compromise it in some way. And so we've talked about this on on here before, but I want to bring it up again. Um, Matthew 19, you know, when the Pharisees come and challenge Jesus about what, uh, about divorce, basically asking him what divorce is, Jesus answers them with a, um, with a word about the nature of marriage. And he says, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? His emphasis there is to say, look, if you want to understand this fallen thing that you're asking me a question about, divorce, 
you've got to understand what the original item was. You've got to understand what what male and female were before the fall, before sin came into the world. So from the beginning, he made them male and female. And he said, for this cause, a man shall leave his father and mother, shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Consequently, they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. And so they say to him, okay, well, why does Moses say, you know, if you want to get a divorce, give your wife a certificate of divorce. And he says, because of your hardness of heart. In other words, there's there's a, an, an issue of fallenness that's your problem that has to be addressed, okay? But he says, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it has not been this way. Meaning, okay, there's this accommodation for people who are breaking their marriage covenants. That's another discussion for another time. But he says, what you need to understand before you can properly understand divorce is what the nature of marriage is, which presupposes that you know what the nature of a male and a female are. And so from the very beginning, you had a man and a woman in an unfallen condition, no sin in the world. The man knew himself to be a man, and the woman knew herself to be a woman. That is the state of pristine creation. That is the unfallen condition. Now, when we enter into a fallen condition where certain people begin to feel a break between what they feel about themselves and what's revealed by their body, what do we do with that? Well, we need to remember the words of, Je- of Jesus. From the beginning, it has not been this way. At the very beginning, men knew themselves as men, women knew themselves as women. And you don't want to treat the fallen break that transgender people experience as normative or as right or as in any way conforming to what God's will is. And here's the thing. At the end of the age, there aren't going to be any transgender identities. Uh, Men will know themselves as men, and women will know themselves as women in the age to come, in the new heavens and the new earth. And there's not going to be any um, break over that thing. So, So the question then is, how does that impact the way we think about it now? Well, the way it impacts the way we think about it now is that we should embrace what's true. Even if our minds are lying to us about things, we have to sometimes tell ourselves, this isn't just transgender people, it's anybody. Mm-hmm. We, when our minds tell us things that are untrue, we have to combat that with the Word of God and choose to forsake the lies and believe the truths. And so when it says here, this is why it's so important, we believe the grace of God in Christ enables sinners to forsake transgender self-conceptions and to accept the God-ordained link between one's biological sex and one's self-conception as male or female. We believe God's grace in the gospel does that. So if you are a, a person who's dealing with gender-confused feelings, you're not left alone in that. There, is, there are resources for you in the gospel that are more powerful than these self-conceptions that are telling you things that are not true about yourself. And the, the gospel that saves you can also transform you and can really um, bring transformation into your life in a way that's for your good and flourishing. You know, I think there's a useful analogy from the world of aviation. So my dad's a pilot, and I actually have had the opportunity to take some flying lessons. And one of the exercises that the instructor does is he'll have you to close your eyes or put on some kind of shield where you can't see outside, and he'll put you in a really slow bank. And you'll be in that bank for so long that your body starts to get adjusted to that bank. 
and your inner ear really does feel like you're, you know, flying straight and level, such that when you take the hood off, you feel like you're flying, you know, straight and level. And if you were in clouds or in heavy mist or something, you would think that, but your instruments are telling you something totally different. They're telling you you're in a bank. If you stay on this way, you're going to crash. Um, and the exercise is trying to get you to understand that your instruments are not lying to you, but sometimes your feelings, your inner ear, you know, you get used to something for long enough. Mm. Um, it can tell you something that's actually different from reality. And I think that's what we're trying to say here in that, in the natural statement. This is what God's word tells us is Genesis one and two is like that instrument. It's like that thing that's telling you, no, this is reality. Yes. Your feelings might be telling you something different, but Stay true to what God's word reveals. Exactly, and and God's design and creation is like those instruments, right? That's what's telling you the truth, and you can't just you know go on your subjective notions about yourself. The denial there is really important because it says we deny that the grace of God in Christ Jesus sanctions or allows self conceptions that are at odds with God's revealed will. Which means that if the grace of God is at work in you, it's going to be working against these false self-conceptions. It's going to be working against these transgender feelings. It's going to be um, at odds with that. So this is important because there are some people who are saying, well, you know, you can be a Christian, walk with Christ, and pursue a transgender self-identity. That's just not true. It's just not true. Um, what is going to happen in your life if you have the Spirit is you're going to be nudged more and more towards the truth. And um, you're in, sometimes it's going to be ways that are painful, right? Um, there, there's a reason Jesus says, uh, if you're going to follow me, you to take up yourself, deny yourself, uh, <laughs> take up your cross, deny yourself, follow me. And there, there's a reason he talks that way because sometimes things that we're called to do, are, they feel hard. You know, even though therefore are are good, and uh, we just need to remember that, and remember that not everything we feel is sacrosanct. Um, sometimes it needs to be challenged by the gospel, and we need to be conformed to it, and not try to make the gospel conform to us. Amen. Resources like the CBMW podcast are made possible by generous donations from listeners like you please consider giving at cbmw.org forward slash give. Thanks for listening.